0: Welcome to Extracurricular, the podcast all about the hobbies, interests, and talents of the students, faculty and staff at Gwinnett Online Campus. My name is Mr. Lawless, and I am a teacher at Gwinnett Online Campus. Thanks for joining me. Today, I had a chance to sit down with Mr. Dwight Jackson, a high school counselor here at GOC. Every room was in use this morning, so he was kind enough to let us record in his office. It is the best office at GOC. Mr. Jackson has all sorts of posters on his wall and interesting things on his desk and credenza. It's music, college, sports posters. It's the kind of office that makes students and other teachers like me feel welcome and comfortable and curious. What does Mr. Jackson do outside of school? He's got all this cool stuff. Well, it turns out he does quite a lot. Uh, We talk about cooking, sports, and music, and the underlying theme and importance uh, a family and the connection in each of those hobbies and interests. Um, we talk about how coaching and counseling mirror each other and the role his grandmother's played in his love of cooking. And we finish the interview talking about Mr. Jackson's wide and broad taste in music and how that allows him to play different songs to match his mood or task that he's working on. Um, you are going to love our chat. Here's Mr. Jackson. All right, we're recording. Mr. Jackson, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you being here. Ah, thank you for having me. Well, uh, why don't you tell everyone that's listening what, um, what you do here at GOC?
1: Uh, so I am a high school counselor. Okay. Um, so I have students, uh, last names A through F. Uh, in grades 10 through 12. okay, And I also work with the dual enrollment program. Okay, so dual enrollment, those are the kids that are taking
0: college classes and yes. they're high school students, but they're taking college, taking classes. college classes. So mm-hmm. before we get too much into your hobbies and stuff, sure. I do wanna ask about the dual enrollment. So is that available to,
1: do they have to be a certain grade level to get into it? Or Yes, okay. yes, so it's 10th through 12th grade. Okay. Um, so 10th graders can take a limited number of courses mm-hmm. in the program and then 11th and 12th graders if you meet all the other requirements, you can take anything that uh, anything that they offer, and it's basically. It's basically free, right? Like oh, it is can, free. except for I guess you, if you
0: have books or something, you have to pay for that. Well, or, okay. the
1: books are included, so okay. they cover
0: tuition, fees, and books. That's a great way to save money Absolutely. if you're going to college. So, and what colleges participate?
1: Like in Gwinnett County, is it Gwinnett Tech or GGC, or is it yep, a lot of all of those? Okay. Gwinnett Tech, GGC. Um, we have students at Georgia State uh, campuses, University of North Georgia. Oh, yeah. Um, so, really, the whole university system in Georgia has some type of program, mm-hmm. uh, but. But it's really uh geographical right. or um you know flexibility i think um one of our students davi who you may mm-hmm. know yeah, he's he's yeah. probably
0: on here because he's got that that uh b last name so yeah he was telling me all about he takes classes at georgia state which sure is where his dad works and everything mm-hmm. so very cool um Okay. So, very cool. That was a lot of stuff I didn't know about. So, how long have you been working here at GOC? So, this is uh, year two. Year two. uh, And Mm -hmm. then, uh, were you in Gwinnett County before that, or um, where were you before?
1: Yes, I was. Previously, I was at Mill Creek High School from 2014 to 2019. Excellent. All right. So, Mm -hmm. a lot of experience in counseling, but enough about... (laughs) Enough about school. Enough about the job.
0: Enough right. enough about the job. I mean, unless it comes up as part sure. of your your stuff. But uh, this podcast is about hobbies and interests that people mm-hmm. have outside of school. So what uh, what are you into
1: outside of school? What what kind of hobbies and interests do you have? Um, I have a few. Okay, um, let's I, talk about them. Yeah, I definitely have a few. Um, one that I, I guess I'm probably pretty consistent with is is cooking. Oh, uh, believe it or not,
0: let's talk about cooking. I yes. love cooking. Okay, so what? Um, let's talk all about it. So what you, sure. what, what are some of your dishes that you like to cook and uh, or tell me what, what, what makes you like it so much.
1: Well, so it's interesting. Um, my I learned about cooking and a lot of how I cook from my grandmothers okay. um, uh, on both sides, my mom's mom and my dad's mom. Uh, they both worked in uh, kitchens um, uh-huh. in and around the city uh, for years and years. Um, so they had a lot of years of experience in you know, cooking for the family and things uh-huh. like that. And that's just kind of been a thing in our family is like we love to have good meals together. That's uh-huh. kinda like what brings everybody together. Um, and I just I was I'm a naturally curious person. Uh-huh. So I like to, you know, I'll watch and I was sitting in the kitchen <laughs> and sometimes I got shooed out of the kitchen for being too nosy. Um, but no, I just I, I just like to, you know, um, experiment. And, and learn uh, and try new things. That's what, kind of my s- kitchen style, I guess you would say, is experimental.
0: Yeah. What's your current? Like, what's something you made recently that you found that you were like, hey, this is pretty
1: good. So interesting enough, um, my wife's a vegetarian. Okay. And um, are, I'm you, a, are you are you vegetarian? I tried it. Okay. I tried it for a while. I, I gave it a, a solid year and a half, which she was very proud of me for uh-huh. doing. Uh, but I'm currently a pescatarian, so I have seafood. Okay. Um, but yeah. I cut out chicken and beef and things and pork like that. Um but I had made um a lasagna with mm-hmm. um this new meat uh called impossible meat. Yeah. So yeah. yeah it's made with plants, but it has the texture and flavor mm-hmm. of, of meat. Um which is strange. It's kind of strange to think of <laughs> something like that actually working out. But believe it or not, it it works. Um so I made a a lasagna. Uh okay. just you know, typical Italian lasagna, yeah. but I made it with those ingredients and it was really, really good. And my Uh, sister-in-law was with us at the time she Mm -hmm. was you know um up for uh her birthday actually we were celebrating her birthday and i had made some um i had some leftovers and Mm -hmm. she tried it so basically word got out through the family and they were like hey we need this we want a pan of (laughs) white lasagna so my father-in-law wanted one she wanted one so i made that um us uh, two weekends ago. Okay. Yeah. So what uh, did, for the cheese? Do you use the ricotta or do you use ricotta? Uh, mm-hmm. You use a ricotta. Um, okay. A ricotta in inside um, mozzarella mix yeah. a little bit, and then um, I top it with provolone and mozzarella. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the more cheese, the,
0: the better. More I cheese, know. The better. Yeah. It's so good. And did you use the? Uh, so I I also make a lasagna that I think is pretty good. But I've got to use the no bake. Um,
1: uh, or the bake uh, yes, I've done lasagna both. okay I've done both but uh, for this last uh, time I joked with everybody that this was my first like professional order like right. somebody right. actually wanted yeah, so yeah. requested it outside of my wife or my daughter <laughs> um, and um so I used the no-bake just because it was I was in a hurry and I wanted to make sure yeah. I got it to him in time. I but could, I've done both.
0: I can't tell a difference between those two. Like, it to me, because at first I was like, I don't want to use the no-bake. It's going to mm-hmm. be gross. But once I started using it, I can't tell a difference. Once,
1: you, once you've once made, like, if your sauce is good, you really don't, it's just, it holds it together. Exactly. So you don't it's, really think yeah, about it.
0: Yeah, it's just like part of holding it together. Mm-hmm. Um, Lasagna is delicious, though. It is like one of my favorite um, things to make. I made a, uh, have you ever made a, um, we we made a lasagna once where instead of noodles we used uh, we sliced zucchini really thin and mm-hmm. it's like
1: this veggie you know no pasta lasagna yep. so it's pretty good. We did one where instead of using the zucchini as strips we mm-hmm. made boats. Oh, and filled it with the that sounds topping. delicious. Yeah, it was really really good. There's it was a, it was messy but it was good. Yeah, it was very good.
0: Well, lasagna is a messy. I mean that's kind of a messy food yeah. anyway. And I found have you found um, any I make lasagna. Like, it's good when it comes out of the oven, especially if you let it cool a little bit. But the next day... The next day.
1: The next day. It's
0: like something about it, yes. It takes it to the next level. I don't know if like... The noodle, the lasagna soaks in. I don't know what it is, but it's so good the next
1: day. It's like another part of the cooking process. Like it's just give it another day, give it another day, and, then, another goes day up and then
0: you reheat it again, and then it's just so much, even so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, lasagna. That's a good. So that's a that's a good success. Um, what uh, you said, your grandmother. You learned from both of your grandmothers. Did did you grow up in Atlanta? Was that like did mm-hmm. you said around the city? So they uh, y'all grew up in Atlanta. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: So I'm originally from um, Fayetteville. Okay, um, but my family is pretty much in. And around the city, yeah. um, so they worked at um, some some pretty big restaurants. I won't say big, but they're notable. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's uh, my mom's mo- uh, mother, my grandmother, mm-hmm. uh, she worked at a restaurant called Mary Max. I was just gonna ask you if it was Mary, Mary Max. Max. That place yep. is phenomenal, yep. So she she worked there for a few years, she worked at an, uh, an Italian restaurant. My, father's mom, she worked in um, pizzerias and um, a couple of other, you know, like traditional restaurants with uh, I guess you would say like southern cuisine, uh, those types of places. But uh, yeah, so that's been, that's, you know, that's kind of the did, staple. Did they have, a, did either of them have a, did you have a favorite that either of them made
0: or like a classic that was <sighs> just like one of the things you were like, oh, grandma make this? To be
1: honest, it, it's hard, I think, because I like so many things. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really have a a favorite. Um, I love, um, it's like fried squash. Oh, yeah. But yeah. My, she does it with onions and cheese and breadcrumbs, oh, so that's pretty so good. good. Um, my mother's mom's, uh, uh collard greens oh those yeah those are just really really good um but she made them spicy and like I've never yeah. had anybody else make them spicy like she made them so those are really really good um yeah but I think it's just different items and yeah. it's different points of the year um you know when it gets cold I want a good bowl of chili right. from one of them with cornbread
0: uh of course yeah they're... um both of my I grew up in South Carolina and so both of my grandmothers also loved to cook and it was like southern and um mm-hmm. yeah so collards was like a classic especially for my mom's mom mm-hmm. and then my dad's mom made I, i'm not kidding when i say she made the best fried chicken i don't mm-hmm. know what her secret recipe mm-hmm. was but it was like just the perfect amount of like crisp and it was what you were talking about earlier like she loved um they eventually lived at they had this like small little house up near lake hartwell but that's where we'd have like reunions and mm-hmm. stuff and so everyone would come up it was just like she loved cooking for everyone and and you know, getting everyone together yeah. and picnic tables and however many tables we could squeeze together to just fill it up. Everybody in to there. sit around. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what, uh, so, so how did you, did you have any formal training? Like, did you ever go to, you, you didn't go to cooking school or anything like that? No, school? Okay. no. Uh,
1: like I said, it's everything is pretty much experimental. No. Um, do you use cookbooks at all? Or is it more like you're just going to I'm going to try this. I, I start with recipes. Okay. I start with recipes and then from there I just kind of like take things and, you know, i will like, well, I kind of like this flavor or I'll always, um, you know, I'll just tweak it a little bit. Right. Um, one thing that we've done here in the last few years is uh, the HelloFresh meals. Yeah. Where you yeah. order them and uh-huh. they send you the ingredients and so you make them. I like it because I have something to start with, but right. then I always end up, you know, adding a few things here or switching like. some things out. Yeah. Um. And then a lot of the meals with my wife being vegetarian, and my daughter's technically vegetarian too Mm because she hasn't really jumped into, you know, all the different meats and things like that. Um, I can kind of play with some of the recipes. Uh, You know, if it's a pasta dish, I can, you know, throw in some seafood for myself and then let them have something different. So um, I kind of like that because that's the the trial and error part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I had said that if I hadn't... um, taking my current career field that I would do something in culinary arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I don't really do well with the pressure and the time right. of like working in a fast kitchen. Um, I normally turn on my music and, you know, <laughs> just play uh, and, you know, do, do my thing. And then uh, sometimes my, my daughter will just watch. So I kind of have to have an eye on her to make sure, right. you know, everything's okay. So yeah, I'm probably uh, I wouldn't be the most, um, Efficient uh, chef, <laughs> if it's, I decided to, to well, change careers. And I think,
0: uh, um, did you ever work in restaurants at all? Or um, um, I've had a lot of jobs, but I don't think I've worked uh, in a no. restaurant. No, I, that was one of my jobs from like for a long time, all mm-hmm. through high school and then in college. And um, it, it, I love being in a kitchen and working like that. But you're right, that fast pace and also the hours. You know, I mean, you got work every Friday and Saturday night, and it's Mm -hmm. just maybe not the most conducive to family life. But um, yeah, I'm like you. Once I get in the kitchen, I want to turn on my music. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. want to enjoy the process of um, not being rushed and and things like that. Um, So do you have, uh, have you ever thought about, do you ever, um, I mean, we live in a suburb of Atlanta, so I don't know how much room you have, but have you ever thought of like growing any of your own,
1: like herbs or or things you might eat? Yeah, definitely. So my grandfather he has um he, he lives in Riverdale and they have he calls it the mini farm, mm-hmm. but he I mean he he's growing watermelon, corn, tomatoes, squash. Okay um and it's it's fresh so you know you can get your stuff from the store and make it but then when I get anything from him uh and I make it I was like I can just tell the difference I can taste the difference in it um so I we currently live in Grayson and Mm. we live in a subdivision um and we don't really have a whole lot of space for that um but anytime I can get some um some fresh grown vegetables and yeah. things like that. I'm always, always looking to do Have that. you
0: ever been, there's a little farmer's market right up, um, like, you know, there's the checkers up the road. It's off the mm-hmm. 20. I don't, there's a farmer's market, a little tiny one right next there that has yeah. fresh stuff that is so good. I mean, right now, I don't know what actually they would have, but summertime, Amy and I love going up there mm-hmm. and getting, um, or Miss Lawless and I love going <laughs> up there and getting some, uh, some fresh vegetables and fresh fruit and stuff. Yeah, it is nice to cook with that stuff. Um, and Miss Woodruff, one of the teachers here, she used to bring me. Uh, she had chickens, and so she would bring me some eggs. And I, like, it is unbelievable the difference between mm-hmm. fresh eggs. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not knocking store bought. Um, I mean, because I have to get those now. But those fresh eggs, it's like something about them.
1: Any I mean, time you get an opportunity to have the fresh version versus, yeah. and 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 I understand the supply chain and yeah, all those things that yeah. they have to do, you know, to get them into the stores. But it, anytime you can get it straight from, yeah. you know, the farm or the field, it's always. Uh, it's always a treat. For sure. Um, do you have any special like kitchen gear? Like, are you into like pots
0: and pans and knives and stuff like that? Or are you just like uh, just give me whatever?
1: No, no, I do. I, okay. I, I have become a bit of a <laughs> utensil. <laughs> I won't say utensil snob, but just some things that I like. Um, okay. Uh, so I have a copper set of, of pots and pans. Okay. That uh, my wife got me for Christmas a few years back, and it's like every time I cook, I have to cook. That's with those. what you have to use. Yeah. Um. But I am also on the hunt for a good cast iron set oh, because yeah. that is something that's just like, uh, I know you had mentioned the fried chicken mm-hmm. earlier, my grandmother's cornbread out of there. Like yep. there's something about cooking in that particular, on that particular surface with those tools. Like yep. it just takes it. Uh Takes the flavor to a different level. Well, I think it. Um, so my buddy
0: is. I want to get this thing called an all day pan. It's like this cast iron thing that you can leave. It, basically, it's called the all day pan because you leave it on your your stovetop, and I mean you clean it and stuff, mm-hmm. but you can use it for everything. And um, he he swears that like when he when he goes to cook like shrimp Florentine or chicken Florentine or any of these sort of dishes that um, something about that that cast iron like holds that heat better, and so mm-hmm. you can really get a better cook. Whereas like I just have cheap cooking stuff, and mm-hmm. I know when I try to do certain things, like the temperature, I can get it hot, but then I throw a bunch of stuff in and it, cools it down, and it just mm-hmm. doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But um, that's they have some
1: the the cool one. I don't know if you've seen the cast iron that's sectional. Oh no, I haven't. That's... Oh yeah, it's like a it's a huge rectangular cast iron piece, and it's got like a little square that's like raised, so you could do like bacon oh, or sausage. Wow, that's and cool. then you could do eggs and yeah. So I've I've seen those on uh I've seen those on Instagram, and I always yeah. save them. I was like, yeah, I'll come back to that, and I just kind of that stuff's about expensive. Too. It is. The
0: cast iron is expensive, um, but yeah, that's. Yeah, I'll have to be on the I have sorta of been on the hunt this my buddy he was like this all day pan's great and I was like, Yeah, it's also like two hundred dollars. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm just gonna stick with my radio. Pay regular for the fan. pan or pay for the groceries. So I was like, Okay, but um he's really into cooking too. So I oh. and that's part of it. I know like some um I remember when I worked in the restaurant, like my um my two chefs, Chef Scott and Chef John, they, they brought a toolbox that had their knives and they're like, because mm-hmm. they were like, I'm not using, like, it's their own stuff and they would sharpen it and they were expensive, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, my son's just got us, uh, Amy and I, a pair of knives for uh, Christmas. really nice. I know, I was like, this is nice. And that is a and quality sharp, gift. It is a quality <laughs> gift and, you know, we have a knife sharpener, so if they get dull, you can mm-hmm. sharpen them, so yeah. Um, so cooking is, do you have any few, do you ever bake at all or is it more like cooking? I, I
1: bake, now my mom is, the baker. Okay. like She does a lot of things. That was like a holiday staple uh-huh. is from the week before Thanksgiving until New Year's. We're always going to smell some stuff. That was just <laughs> beautiful cakes, pies. Um, she made these little treats called um, haystacks. I, don't, I know don't know if you've ever heard of those. Uh-uh. So it's like the um, the crunchy lo mein noodles. Okay. Um, well, it's not... It's not the lo noodles. It's I know the what one you're talking put about. The, Yeah, the, it's the topping version. Yeah. Um, but she'll take butterscotch, caramel, uh. and white chocolate, and melt it, and she'll put them together with either um, uh, pecans or cashews, it's like chop sort of them a up. Haystack. So it's yeah. a little haystack, and she'll just dri- she'll uh. put it in the pot, and she'll form a little haystack, and let it cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my brother and I would always get in trouble because she would make them for you know the she's a teacher, so she'd right. make them for our classroom and mm-hmm. holiday parties and things like that, and she'd have to make like three batches, mm-hmm. so a batch for the party, a batch for the house, <laughs> and then she called it the miscellaneous pile because she knew just you'd kind of walk through the kitchen and grab, grab one or two yeah. grab three or four, and by, before you know it the whole sheet is gone it's all gone, yeah, uh so yeah we, we might have might have dipped into the school pile a couple of times. <laughs> but the but yeah the um the baking is probably like the thing i want to work on next is to do more of that um my daughter loves sweets okay um, but she got that honestly from her dad yeah (laughs) um so she likes to to do those so we'll do cupcakes and brownies Mm. and stuff like that together um she uh uh obviously with today being Valentine's Day, she did uh, Valentine's cookies this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we had a fun mess with all the red glitter. and <laughs> <laughs> of But she, you know, she loves it. So I'll try to do some more, um, more of that. Yeah. Yeah. But I really enjoy baking. I like, watching the the baking shows and competitions that's uh, one of the things you we love my
0: favorite. Do you watch the uh, kids baking championship? That
1: uh, <laughs> And they're talented. Those, those kids are really really good. <laughs> they're so good. It makes
0: I watch these like a 10 or 11 year old and I'm like, "Wait a minute. How they're so much better than I
1: am." Yeah, they're really smart with that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And even with being around as much cooking as I was, mm-hmm. I wouldn't I I don't think I had the courage to just, you know, go and do those. uh uh-uh. uh uh, you know, the dishes and, and try those. I was very content with, you know, my cookies and brownies and juice yep. box at that age, yep. <laughs> as opposed to trying to make it.
0: I'd like to, yeah, I'm with you though. I'd like to, um, like, I want to try to make pate a shoe and like all these different like things I see on these shows. I'm like, I want to try to make uh, some of this stuff, but um, so far I'm with you. I haven't mm-hmm. I haven't ventured too far down, down the baking road, but um, yeah, it's something, I sort of feel like uh, both of these hobbies, um, you know, I'm not counting the days to retirement because I have a long time, but I do. I'm sort of like, you know what? This would be kind of a cool retirement thing, mm-hmm. like getting into baking and cooking, and uh, a little bit more than I than I already am. But, um, well, that's cool. What uh, what else are you into? I know. So we we covered cooking. That's a yeah. pretty pretty big hobby. I, I definitely like that
1: one. What else are you into? Um, so I'm I'm a huge sports fan. Okay, uh, I am an Atlanta sports fan. So every team uh, I'm definitely cheering for yep. in the city, um, but my my two true passions were basketball and baseball uh, and they still are uh to a certain extent um i coached uh basketball for Mm -hmm. uh quite a while in high school um and i played uh in high school and college Mm -hmm. so that's one of the things that um you know i'm I'm still very passionate about i have a different role in it now Mm -hmm. um because i'm not coaching right now um but that's something i've always you know been passionate about and and follow pretty closely. when did you start playing basketball um, I started playing at four years old. Oh, wow. So you were like, you had not been walking for a whole mm-hmm. long
0: time when yes. you started
1: playing. I, 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 I say four years old, but I definitely wasn't playing. I was right. more so just chasing the ball. Chasing at that ball point. Around. So, um, for people that can't see
0: you cause this isn't a visual medium. You're fairly t- oh, How tall are you? Uh, are six five. Six five. So mm-hmm. were you, were you always tall even as a kid? Were you pretty yes. tall or? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you started playing and then you said you
1: played in high school and college, mm-hmm. where'd you go to college? where you? So um, I started my college career at a school called Grove City. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in western Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, small school. Um, played there for a year, uh, and I got injured and transferred to uh, Valdosta State uh, oh, yeah. um, here in Georgia. Because uh, I'm originally from Georgia, so that was um, a bit of a homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tried to rehab and, and continue to play. And at that point, that's when I had shifted my focus into, into coaching. Yeah. Um, so I coached my um, my brother in his um, oh, AAU cool. summer league team yeah. yeah my dad my dad has coached both of us in all of our sports mm-hmm. uh, that we played growing up and my mom does too um, my mom actually played in college and that's where her and my dad mm-hmm. met um, so they've always we've been an athletic family right. um, so they you know kind of started that with us um, and then when I stopped playing and started coaching with him that's when I kind of picked up my uh, coaching passion what's uh, what's the hardest thing about coaching <sighs> The hardest thing about coaching. And then I'll ask you, or the
0: best thing, because I want to know both. Like the well, Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, I think. Just, it could be one of the hardest and one of the
1: best. When I started coaching, it was wanting to get the players to do what I envisioned them doing. Okay. Or lo- what, what I could do. Um, and it's like, oh, wait, I can't go and play (laughs) right now I have to get them to do what I'm trying to tell them to do Um, and then as I got older and continued to coach I think it was just the kind of the psychology of it and Mm -hmm. just understanding you know uh, different players' desires and their needs and their fears and, you know, trying to help them, you know, get better. Uh, so that was a, it, it was a, a, a challenging part, but it was also rewarding too.
0: Do you, um, cause I see some definite similarities between coaching and counseling. Absolutely. Is that, is that sort of a draw to the counseling is that it's sort of,
1: I mean, it's essentially a coaching role in a different sort of aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, When I was in grad school, that was my goal, mm -hmm. um, was to graduate and find a position where I could do both. Right. Uh, And I was fortunate enough to do that, um, really, for five years at, at Mill Creek and really, really I enjoyed the role and, yeah. and and grew in that role, uh, but you're absolutely right. There's a lot of overlap. Um, I found myself doing counseling at the, at the basketball court, <laughs> yeah. and I found myself doing coaching in the counseling office uh, sometimes okay. with just having to have certain conversations. But yeah, there's definitely a lot a lot to that, and just in terms of helping, I think both of them. are What there. Um, do you see? Are there any
0: coaches that you, um, you, you know, I mean, I know you maybe don't personally know steve kerr and some of these (laughs) other guys but are there any coaches you see and you're like man these guys are
1: phenomenal like are there any guys that have stood out to you like college or or pro i have a lot of i guess i would say coaching um idols Mm -hmm. um you would say i love uh coach popovich for the spurs um uh pat riley i know know it's a little bit older i'm trying to think of you know the current coaches obviously steve kerr is a great coach uh that i like quite a bit um uh, Doc Rivers as oh, a yeah, coach that, yeah. that I like and then I think college wise um, I grew up a UNC fan so mm-hmm. Roy Williams and oh, Dean yeah, Smith yeah. Um, I'm not a huge Duke fan but I I have the <laughs> utmost respect for Coach K I can't uh, stand Duke but I,
0: I also Coach K deserves the utmost respect absolutely but, um, yeah the, the team itself I'm not pulling for them
1: yeah, that's fine yeah. it's just like I would like you to do well just lose to Carolina and
0: go ahead and lose some more
1: games <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, so those are those are like classic coaching. Um, so is this something – I know you said you're currently not coaching. Is it something you might want to get back into,
1: or you're just like – No, I, I think there's definitely a place for it in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stopped my, – my wife and I, uh, we had our first child mm-hmm. in 2020. Um, so I stopped coaching in 2019, right. and, and um, that was a big reason just to be more present. Right. Um, and I think that that's something – I grew up in a sports family, so I kind of feel like it's going to, it's cyclical. So it'll come right, back around come and, back. and we'll get a chance to, to, to get back into it. But yeah, well, it takes up a lot of time. I, oh, I know, absolutely. it's
0: like, I mean, obviously you work full time and then if you're coaching, you know, that's, that's a whole lot of big commitment to, yeah. uh, to the kids. You said baseball also, was that something you
1: grew up playing or, um, or coaching that as well or just playing or just playing okay. for the most part. But, um, like in my family, it's, mm-hmm. it's really, really big, um, Especially on my dad's side of the family, we had, um, uh, not sure if you're familiar with the, the Negro leagues, but uh, I just had just a tiny bit. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple of relatives who played, okay. um, professionally in the, in the Negro leagues. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just a huge it's thing. One of the things my grandfather and I bonded with are, right. you know, um, Saturdays and Sundays watching Braves games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're huge Atlanta Braves fans. Yep. Um, and just, uh, watching, uh, You know, watching the game, Um, my number in baseball was 44 because Hank Aaron was my favorite player. Um, I switched it to 24 um, for Ken Griffey Mm -hmm. uh, because those are my two favorites. Um, But, yeah, I just, you know, I love the game, love watching it. Um, What position
0: did you play when you were playing?
1: uh, Center field, right field, first base. Okay. Yep. Those were my my positions. Um, my godfather tried to teach me how to pitch before I stopped That's playing. So hard. Yeah, it's just I could throw hard, but the the accuracy was a bit of an issue. <laughs> so that limited my my pitching availability. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have that
0: accuracy, it can be uh, what is it? Control and command. I guess if you don't have that, you're. Um, don't matter how hard you throw, well, and you so. know
1: the the margin for error is a little bit bigger coming from the outfield trying right. to throw someone, yeah. throw it in versus you know you have to hit the strike zone yeah. and manipulate your pitches and things like that. So yeah, um, that's very cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge baseball fan.
0: That's probably my favorite favorite sport to watch, only because I think I've been a fan for the longest. I mm-hmm. mean, like you, I love all sports, and I sort of. Um, especially playoff time like that's mm-hmm. when like NBA playoffs are one of my all-time favorites but I, I find as these seasons get into playoffs I sort of shift my focus to those teams but um, baseball has always been one of my favorite uh, favorites in the the game uh, the Braves are mm-hmm. obviously uh, so much fun to watch do you ever go to any Braves games or oh, yeah
1: yeah yeah tons of games um, uh, my first game was at the Fulton County Stadium oh yeah yep. yeah oh so, and then um, quite a few at Turner Field and now uh, at truest, um, So I've been to, to games with both. Yeah. Um, I think one of the best the best two father's days was when I was able to go with my grandfather and my dad oh, nice. to games. So we really yeah. enjoyed those. Um, so yeah, yeah, love the, I think the best experience is, is going to the games. Yeah, You know, I mean, watching on TV is one thing, but to like be in the stadium and, you know. Well, it's got a certain
0: rhythm to it and yeah. everything. And it's, there's like ups and downs. And there's, um, it's the one game where I feel like, like you have time for conversation with the people you're with and
1: you do there's a lot of bonding.
0: It is. And it's the only sort of, cause you go to, I've been a few Hawks games and they are so much fun, but you're, I mean, the action's constant. So you're Mm -hmm. just like engaged in the game. Whereas a baseball game, you know, there's plenty of time for you to sit and chat with the person next to you. And there's ups and downs. And, um, yeah, probably my favorite, um, one of my favorite sports moments was, um, my boys surprised me a few years ago and took me, um, Took me. I'd never been to a playoff game, um, Mm. and the Braves were in. Oh, nice! um, And they bought, you know, them. They each bought tickets, and then they took. They bought me a ticket, and so the three of us got to go. um, And the Braves came back and won. It was a series against the Cardinals, which they eventually lost. Um, But in this particular game, they came back back and won. uh, And they won like it was either three to two or two to one, and it was so exciting. And um, to have that experience with them Mm -hmm. um, was like a really special sort of bonding moment and something I. And that's the thing about like one of the reasons I love sports so much, besides probably like you. I just, I just like sitting down and watching athletes perform, but, um, like these sort of family memories you mm-hmm. get from either your dad or your mm-hmm. mom or, or, places like that. I think that is a big part of what, um, makes sports like such a bonding experience. Absolutely. So, um, it's a lot of fun. So, um, what, uh, what else are you into?
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the, uh, the other passion of mine is probably music. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm a huge music fan. I, I know you've, uh, you can't see it visually, but I have a lot of posters up in my mm-hmm. office. So I have it's kind of a reflection. I have sports, I have some um, pop icons, and then I also have um, um, some musical artists. Uh, but I, I just I have what I consider a very eclectic taste in music. Okay, uh, my friends and family give me a hard time because they say you're you're. Um, What's the word? My Spotify playlist and Apple Music playlist are a bit chaotic. Okay, um, so you're all
0: over the place with your uh, with yeah. your musical genres. So what uh, what do you like? Like, what are some things that you oh, know? My
1: goodness! If I just hit play on your. Apple playlist right now, what might pop up? Oh my goodness. Um, so you're definitely going to hear some Outkast. That's my favorite group. <laughs> okay. An um, Atlanta favorite. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta favorite. locals. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I love R&B. Um, there's a jazz artist uh, named Robert Glasper who does mm-hmm. a lot of collaboration with like R&B and hip hop. So I love that. Um, I'm a huge fan of Chris Stapleton. Oh yeah, um, so he just
0: performed the uh, <laughs> national anthem and did yeah. an
1: amazing job. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was it was tremendous. And my my brother and his uh, and his wife were at my house watching the game, Ooh. and we were all just like awestruck he's up, of that. Dude. Yeah, yeah, he's very very talented. Um, uh, there's r- rock. I think my music taste is always dependent on my mood. Okay, um, so you know if it's more reflective, I can do to. You know, some ambient beats and yeah. music and things like that. Um, you know, R&B, when I mentioned uh, cooking and the music that I play, yeah. um, you know, I have days where I just want it completely energetic and upbeat. Right. And there's some days where it's just like, you know... It's very... It needs to be mellow. Mellow. And and, of, yeah. yeah, just to kind of keep your focus. So I think that's... I think, you know, my my moods reflect my musical choice. But um, I honestly can say I have a little bit of everything. Of everything. <laughs> do you like to go
0: to see live music? Or are you more of like, a, that's not your thing, and you just prefer to listen to it?
1: When I have the time, I yeah. do. <laughs> uh, I, I do like the live music. Um, I, I've gone to several concerts. um, But I think I, I like more of the kind of like the lounge uh, typed, uh, um, it's sort of a, it can be
0: hard and it's a commitment, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to go to, but yeah, I'm with you. I I sometimes like live music where it's, that's not the focus of what I'm there for. Like Mm -hmm. if I go somewhere and there's live music, I'm like, Oh, this is a bonus. Right. 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 You know, if we go out to eat or something Mm -hmm. and and there's like a band uh, or even just a guy with a guitar, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. I get to hear some live music. Yeah. Live music. Yeah. Um, sometimes committing to a concert is, uh, I enjoyed that when I was like 18, 19, but a little bit harder to do that now. And, you know, tickets are super expensive. I had my buddy, went to go see Bruce Springsteen a couple of like two weeks ago. And he said it was awesome, but mm-hmm. the guy was also like 75 years old and yeah. played a three hour concert <laughs> right. on, on a weeknight or something. And you know, I'm just, like, on a Tuesday. Yeah. just <laughs> like, wow, that is quite a commitment to, uh, to go to stuff like that. So, um, do you play any musical instruments or, um,
1: sing or anything like that? I, I don't, uh, I don't play, uh, instruments now in, in middle school. Um, I was a baritone player, okay. um, uh, which was it was good but i was a little defeated because i always envisioned myself a drummer mm-hmm. and being in progression but that was not my that was not my gift as my band <laughs> director uh, wanted to share with me mm-hmm. uh, politely um but I, I i've always appreciated it um you know definitely uh, jazz musicians and things like that one of the things that um my grandfather collects are, are vinyls mm-hmm. so i have a player and i you know um you know, a lot of different things, a lot of different types of music but um no don't have the the gift to play, but definitely appreciate the talent yeah it's uh th- th-
0: those guys always amaze me um yeah i play i dabble in guitar I'm not very good at it but um yeah i'll I'll put on some of these you know jazz artists or mm-hmm. blues artists, and I'm just like how are they doing this stuff mm-hmm. with it it's it's pretty amazing so um yeah that's I'm with you the uh that I think that is something and as um as we grow older, you know, when I was young, it was like, I only wanted to listen to, you know, cause I grew up, I was born in 72. So I was in the height of like the late eighties, early nineties. So I was like, I'm into alternative music and all stuff. And that's all I wanted to listen to. And then as I got older, I was like, there's so much, much more, more out there. Yep. Um, and my parents grew up, you know, they were huge Motown fans. So mm-hmm. as a kid, um, yeah, you know, I listened to all these Motown records and, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I don't want to listen to Motown. And now I'm coming back, you know, I've come back to back. that. And yeah. I was like, this is phenomenal you- music. I was like, my parents knew what was going Absolutely. on.
1: Absolutely, Yeah. Well, we talked about, um, my, my brother and I were talking about just how, the samples of of music from the 70s coming to the 80s coming to the 90s and and they continue to um, you know they have different remakes and things like that Um, and I always find myself kind of going down the rabbit hole so like if I hear a song I was like man that that tune sounds familiar so like let me go find the original to that and then (laughs) oh well it was sampled on this so let me go find the original to that and next thing you know you have you know you were listening to one song now you're like four albums in with three different artists from two different decades right. just trying to you know piece all those together so that's something i really enjoy about you know just just music in general well that, the music one of the best things
0: about music is like the rabbit holes you go down cuz you'll just stumble upon one sort of thing you know and i've done this a million times where you're listening and you're like who who's the guitarist or whatever and then you're like oh they were also in such and such Mm -hmm. and and then you start you know there's all these connections and and things like that and it's just yeah it's fascinating I think so we
1: had a um uh, we were watching a, a TikTok this weekend and it was just to show the differences in the two generations. Mm-hmm. Like the start of a song was playing mm-hmm. and the, the mom was like getting ready to sing the song. Mm-hmm. And then the son sang a remake of it <laughs> because yeah. the, the, it, the transition was coming where uh-huh. it was going to go into yeah. the next song and they both looked at each other. It's like, like, you're not singing. Right you singing? <laughs> He's like, no, this is the song. No, this is the original song. But I think it's, it's interesting to show that, that, um, you know, it always kind of comes around. Right, you know, a, a good tune is a good tune, no yep. matter if it was, you know, in the 70s or if it was, you know, in the 90s. It's it's always well, good. And it's wild, too, because I keep thinking as
0: we as we all grow older, you know, we keep adding these like great songs. So mm-hmm. every year there's more and more good music uh, that comes out. And I'm not great about keeping up with modern stuff, but I do know. You know, sometimes I'll hear a song on the radio and I'll just be like, well, what is, I've never, who is this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is some like yep. new young artist. It's is. Is phenomenal. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's fun to discover new, new bands and uh, our artists and, and just be able to listen to them. So yeah, a lot of fun. Um, what else are you into? You want to talk about anything else?
1: Any other um, hobbies, interests, um, man, Ah, I, I, I've covered my big ones for sure: uh, the, the cooking, the sports, and music. Cooking, sports, and music those are
0: those are three pretty good, pretty good hobbies and mm-hmm. uh, pretty important ones too. Makes the world all three of those things make the world a much better place. I, so. I certainly think so. <laughs> so, well, I appreciate you being on the uh, on the podcast, Mister Jackson. And Thank you come back anytime you want.
1: I appreciate it. All right, take all right. care. Thanks. You too.
0: All right, raise your hand if you want to try some of Mr. Jackson's lasagna. Yep, my hand is raised. Uh, I also want to access his playlist, Outcast, Chris Stapleton, and R&B. That sounds like a perfect mix. Uh, I loved how much Mr. Jackson talked about his family because it makes me think about the role my grandmother's played in my own life um, and my love of cooking that I sort of got from them. Um, the people that are important in our lives, uh, they have a lasting impact. And family, even though we can't pick uh, our family members they often influence, uh, influence us the most and for the rest of our lives. Um, and I wish I could reach out to my grandmothers and let them know how much they meant to me. Uh, but maybe you can, so you should call or text your grandmother or grandmothers right now. They would appreciate it. They would love to hear from you. Mr. Jackson, thanks for being on the show and, and uh, having a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. You can come back anytime um, as long as I can invade your office again. Great great spot to record a podcast. Uh, if you want to be on the podcast like Mr. Jackson, send me an email at dan.lalas at gcpsk12.org. I've also linked my email address in the show notes. Uh, if you don't want to be a guest but like the episode, keep listening. I'm going to continue to sit down with students and teachers and staff to talk to them about all the exciting things they do outside of school. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, maybe leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're feeling especially generous. And as always, a special thank you to Dr. Ray and Dr. O'Neill. This podcast wouldn't be possible without their support and inspiration. I look forward to joining you again next episode. Have a great day.